0: Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the role of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. And with us again for the third time is Mel. Hi. So, oh yeah, it's my turn. How's it going, Cody?
1: I didn't realize we had a turn order for when we talked to each other in friendly conversation. It's,
0: like, it's turn-based fighting, but for talking.
1: Okay, so check it out. Couple things. One, it's going pretty okay. good. Uh, everything's going just fine. I, uh, oh man, I do have some news though. I have two things of news that are pretty cool. So two weeks ago, um, or like a week and a half ago, I guess now, uh, it was Sunday and I was bored. So I knocked a wall down in my house. (laughs)
0: Like to, (laughs) like for construction or you just got mad and knocked it.
1: Well, so we're remodeling our kitchen and Mandy's been saying like, Hey, we need to get this wall taken down. We need to get this wall taken down. And so finally, I was just like, "Well, I don't really have anything to do today." I'm like, "I'm going to learn how to take a wall out of my house." So, then I uh, you
0: hit it with a hammer, <laughs> and then you cut the beams. You're good. Well,
1: I mean, basically, yeah. The electrical work was fun to figure out, but we had a contractor come in and give us a quote for the wall, and it was going to be eleven 1100- hundred. You're an electrical engineer. You should be able to figure this out, really. Yeah, easy. I know, right? But it's going to be eleven hundred dollars to remove the wall, and I was like, you know, for eleven hundred dollars, some Kool Aid. I can remove my wall myself. So, yeah, I learned how to do that. It was pretty fun.
0: (sighs) Belle, would you like to say that joke again?
2: All you really need is some Kool-Aid, Cody.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I get it. But, yeah, (sighs) so that was fun. What was the other news? So the other news, and this is in a long line of me rambling about romance novels. Oh, God. No. I listened to one that was pretty decent. I was pretty happy with it. it. It's a trilogy. I don't remember what it's called, or I would tell you. Um, Thank God. Huh? Well, hey, you know, you know, it's. There's some of them are okay, all right? Anyways. So it's about Uprooted like, was okay, everything else sucks. Well, Uprooted was great, and there are other good romance novels. So. The book starts out, right, there's three of these books. The first one is about like this like couple in high school that fall in love and then they go their separate ways in like college and in their like lives. And the second book, they're in their mid 20s and they're both kind of like unhappy with their lives and they like kind of don't get back together again. Um which then leads into the third book where it's like the cliffhanger of like this 10 year will they won't they? But so the third book almost lost me because it was just like immediately they were a couple. It was like the second book ended with them not being a couple, like deciding like, okay, we can't be together for like all the good reasons why we haven't been together our whole lives. And then the third book is just like, no, ignore all that. We're both single at the same time. We're, we're together forever now. You know what I mean? And so I was like, well, that's a little uh. cheesy. But then the rest of the book was actually about them trying to, like, maintain a relationship without knowing anything about each other and having very different lives. And it actually did a fairly decent job of, like, talking about problems in relationships and how to handle them. Like, at one point, they, like, had a conversation where they're like, we can't just keep relying on big romantic gestures to fix our problems. Yeah, where you know they'll like have a fight, and then one of them will realize they've done something wrong, and instead of like talking about it like equals, they'll, they'll just, just like
0: do something nice.
1: Yeah, they'll like buy this big extravagant present or do this big extravagant thing to like apologize and so reinforce you're their I love. Take
0: the elephant back and not give it to Mel.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you're using that elephant to compensate for the fact that you have like actual relationship issues that are solvable but aren't being solved because instead you just keep buying giant elephants, Sorry, so like the that's... elephant
0: in the room. The elephant's huh? not in the room. It's outside. Gosh,
1: uh, uh, you put the elephant outside? That's cruel.
2: You
0: look... Oh yeah, because he's gonna fit in my apartment.
2: You know, you have a vaulted ceiling. <laughs>
0: How the freaking big is, the is this elephant? <laughs>
2: But then he just comes in and takes down the wall for us.
0: Oh, yes. We need, yeah.
2: Or we need to take
1: walls down, not build them up. <laughs> how big is this elephant? The size of normal elephants.
2: Wait, what kind of elephant? African, African. or Asian? It's African. Oh, so we oh. really think good. I
0: would get
1: an Asian <laughs> elephant.
0: That's racist. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we that's no, kind of it's not racist married.
2: because there's
1: actually two kinds of elephants. <laughs> yeah, we're we're about to get, go know. down a very bad line, so I'm gonna stop. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> yeah. um, so wait, did you actually not buy her an elephant? I was making a joke about a real elephant. Oh, I thought you meant like a giant stuffed elephant. I'm like, oh, that's adorable. I oh, want to see yeah, this yeah, giant stuffed elephant. A
2: little one. Oh that's yeah, I, like I did buy you an elephant so once
0: didn't I?
1: Are you into elephants?
0: She likes elephants, I like snakes. We work out somehow.
2: Sharks are kind of taking over the category, though.
1: Mel's right.
0: You're Dude, wrong. His, hiss. Anywho, um, Mel, how, wait, was that the end of your stuff, Cody?
1: I mean, I think so, unless you want to keep talking to me. Nah, I'm good.
0: <laughs> um, anyway, what have you, well, yeah, how are you doing, and what have you been reading, writing, watching recently?
2: Well, I am, I think, officially caught up on Supernatural, and I just have to wait until I think October... For the new season. <laughs> Ugh. I hate. Which I'll is talk about waiting. I finished reading Grit by Angela Duckworth, which now this will actually be recorded. So, people, if you ever want to read a really, really good, inspiring book that tells you how to you know, basically get off of your butt and do something about it, um, Grit is a really great book. Yeah. And then I have now done officially two days of aerial yoga or I get to feel like right? a total awesome kid and you mean you meant me to say superhero
0: ceiling. right you get to feel like a superhero
2: I mean it did kind of fall over me like a cape once so yeah oh that's
0: awesome I'm so jealous of that
1: aerial yoga what is it's aerial exactly what yoga. it like it, it's... <laughs> no it's not because it sounds like Mel should be dead <laughs> well <Okay>, she's not <laughs> so aerial
2: yoga is where they have um We use a giant hammock, like a circus and everything, where they're swinging from the fabric and everything.
1: Oh, is it like the ribbon? Like the, the, like, oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense now.
2: Yeah, but ours is a hammock, so we can lay in it, and I can stretch out. You know, I can point my toes and my arms above my head and lay on my back inside of it, and there's still some extra room.
0: And she said fat people can do it, so I get to do it one time. I mean, I'm not fat, but I'm definitely a lot heavier than (laughs) her and a lot of other people.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I just wondered, because you're so tall, your head is probably actually going to hit the ground.
0: Woo! Can't wait. (laughs) This this is not the big head making fun of podcasts again. We're not doing that again, Cody. (sighs) I'm talking
1: to you, Cody. I'm not. We're not talking. doing that again. I have so uh, many anyways, of them. <laughs> what I have
2: been reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us what you've been reading, writing, uh, watching, doing. Oh so I've
0: told you multiple times about the comic series Saga, and Saga is absolutely amazing. It's a space opera where it's like two warring um, planets. They're fighting for pretty much no one remembers why, and the whole galaxy has. Joined in on to this war. And then it starts with two characters from the different planets having a child together. And then they're like labeled as fugitives. And basically they're trying to kill these characters and brush them under the rug. Well, Saga just ended their like, I think, fifth or sixth. No, sorry, ninth sets of comics. And uh, it ended with a huge cliffhanger. And they killed off multiple main characters. And... Now I have to wait a whole entire year because they're going on a one-year hiatus.
2: Spoiler alert about killing characters. That does suck. I never said who. (laughs) He said main.
0: I never. There's a lot of main characters. I never said who.
1: That kind of means they're not main characters, though. They killed off characters like they killed off in the series. They've killed off pretty much everybody I loved, and so I'm sad. It's a really good reason to stop reading a book. Have you ever had that where like a book kind of executes itself out of being interesting? Oh, and then the speaking of books
0: and executing, I guess. Um the other thing I've been reading, watching, writing whatever is listening to Book on Tape of It and I am close to just being
1: done with it. Oh right? yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe you do um, not love what it. What makes me feel
0: uncomfortable is the way that he describes. like every time he describes a woman he has to mention their breast even if they're underage and multiple times has referred to the um 11 year old girl's nipples i'm not a fan of oh. that
1: you know i'm gonna level with you i think i just forgot yeah. a lot of and those like i just kind of like i'm looking let for em...
0: a horror book that's a and scary a lot of the horror that happens in this is just like gross and gore like there's a lot of blood there's a lot of like rotting bodies and um recently with beverly she um Goes to see her father again and runs into this other woman who serves her tea. Then she looks down into the cup of tea and it's not tea, it's poop. Yeah, Ew. that's another thing where it's not scary, it's just gross. And so that's another little turn off to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that is kind of an intentional style thing of it. Like, it, it's not just jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. It's not even really suspenseful. It's this kind of slow brooding, like, misery Of, like, a rotten town. I don't really need
0: a jump scare, per se, but I like suspenseful, like, thriller horror. I like horror that kind of wraps you up in it, which it does to a point, but there's also parts where I've kind of, like, what I've mentioned is always describing the women's breasts is another thing that's kind of pushed me out, but this is... I don't know. I'm going to try, but I'm, like, slowly edging out of it.
1: Okay, this is is a little bit of a shaky defense, but... I still think in my mind, at least like when he's describing adult women, it does feel a little bit like I don't want to say fetishy, but they're supposed to be evocative. If that's like the nicest way I can say he's just like when he's describing adult women, he's trying to describe them as being sexy sometimes like when they are. That's part of the personality he's trying to get across. When it's younger people, it feels like he's trying to describe adolescence and, like... He
0: doesn't do a good job at it.
1: (laughs) This start of, like, having a sexual identity, because that's kind of what happens when you're that age. So, it doesn't feel, like, creepy and fetishy. It feels, like, awkward and weird, because being a, like, adolescent is awkward and weird. Your body starts to grow, and you, like, don't fit in clothes anymore, and it's uncomfortable. So... I think that's why I'm kind of okay with it because it doesn't ever feel like he's getting off on writing about people. You know what I mean? It feels just like he is writing about the reality of adolescence, which is it is an ungraceful time in okay. everyone's life where your body starts to do yeah. a lot of gross things. I mean, I that's understand, being adolescent. Saying,
0: but I yeah, there's things, there there were scenes in it where I'm just like, you didn't need to say this. We could have moved on without knowing that Beverly's nipples were so hard they could cut through paper. Ugh. We didn't need to know that. Was that ever said in the book? Yes, it was. And it was when she was a child and not okay, an Okay, you know, I forgot so that. <laughs>
1: but, yeah. And it, it, is, it is difficult because there is a juxtaposition between him describing adults, where I would say he is trying to be explicit, and then he, like, kind of is describing the child that was that adult. You know, so, it, and it's, like, back to back within you know five pages of each other so
0: i i understand so i'll let you know if i continue it but we're 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 at a we're on we're on the line we're teetering (laughs) back and forth on the line right
1: now mel's face is telling you not to continue it you don't (laughs) want to (laughs) get
2: a voice if you can see my face it's just been a grimace this whole time yeah it's (laughs) 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 Uh,
0: okay we need to let's let's get to the show First of all, last time was the world that was made to make a product, where Cody had the product of misery, and I literally did humans as the product. That was fun. Yep. This week is what, Cody? Do you remember?
1: This week is anime world. Woo!
0: (laughs) I am so pumped.
1: I feel like this is a world that you were really excited for, and I don't want to say I deserve a yellow card. But maybe like a stern okay. looking so, at, you know what so I mean? Here's like, here's the <laughs> thing
0: about anime, and I was going to say this when I did my part, but I realized with anime, you can do any type of world because anime really isn't about the world per se. It's about more of the characters, the interactions, whatever, like, powers or things. But sometimes an anime can just be a bunch of kids at school. Yeah. The world's like, think about it Full Metal Alchemist well, was just fantasy Germany.
1: Yeah, and, and I'll say that, uh, that that kind of comes out in the subject matter that I chose for my world, yeah. kind of how I did it. Um, so we'll, we'll see if you consider it to be an anime world. That's what I'm saying maybe deserves a stern looking at, is my world is an anime world because I say that everything you're seeing is in the style of anime, but it's hard for it to read like anime when it's narration.
0: And unless you truly have, like, a completely out of the subject, unless you just do robots all over again, I think it's fine. Because, like... So I styled mine in like the form of an oral history almost because like like I said anime is more about the character so I tried to do a little bit of character in each section. Mine I went for an over the top just fantasy weird like I went crazy with my world because it's like I want to do something that can only be done by an anime. That's what I went for.
1: Well, mine's gonna, mine's probably gonna be a little different than that, but we'll we'll see. That'll be good. We're gonna have two different, and I have, have a tiny base idea,
2: so I'm gonna make everything up.
1: We'll roll for initiative. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Mel. You know what's great about well, having maybe. you on the show with us? You do less work than me, which makes me seem like I've yeah. overachieved. Rather than when it's me and Jordan, it's like, wow, so Jordan made a world, and Cody wrote down a sentence <laughs> he thought was I funny. I
0: spent a lot of time on this. I literally spent a week thinking about it, and then three days writing it. I got eight pages out.
1: I wrote this in a day, and mine is five pages long.
0: But, um, yeah, no, this is something I put my heart and soul in, because this is yet another topic that I am very passionate about, so it's going to be a little bit longer. All, All right.
1: right, well, let's, let's roll initiative. our initiative. Mel, are you rolling, or are you just... Okay. Hey, I might be going first. I got a 15. Ooh. What do you
2: get? I I have an eight. I have
0: a four. So I'm going last. So we're going to do it yes! in the style that we did for the live show that no one heard. In the style that we did last week where each person does a section of us Or do you want to just do all of yours at once? Oh,
2: no. That's perfect because then I'll be able to think of stuff okay. up as we go.
0: So, Cody, you're going to do yours.
2: Mel,
1: hang on. We got to talk about What's something up? that I'm just like. I'm happy, but also a little bit like retroactively offended. And I'm projecting a little bit on you. I don't know if this is okay to say. And if it's not, we'll just cut out this whole thing. But you're a teacher and you are doing exactly what I got in trouble for, which is sitting in class. And while the teacher is coming around to check the homework, (laughs) I'm frantically doing the homework. Like, "Ah! Ah! Ah! I gotta write this
2: down right now. (laughs) See? Oh, geez. Here's the thing. I just want you to know that. This is how I do my notes every single day. I since I've been teaching for four years, I'm like, oh, I totally know what I'm doing now. And then I get up at the board and I make things up as I go. So I'm really great at making things up.
0: Hey, <laughs> hey this is a teacher, by the way, guys. So um yeah. just just so you know, this is <laughs> this is a teacher.
2: <laughs> yeah, I will I'll make things up. But I'm also I'm also really good at my subjects. Yeah, you really so are right. I know what I'm doing and I'm I'm able to do it now. I'm not the best.
0: And At least it's not complete ad-lib when you're making up the math stuff.
2: Right. <laughs> Wait, which part of the math stuff do you mean? Like,
1: the Yeah, concepts, I guess you can't like really make up, up no, math. Yeah, it's kind of no, no, just is what concepts. it is. I know the concepts.
2: I taught it for... Yeah, but that's a whole other thing. Okay, anyways.
0: Okay, Cody. You're going first. <laughs> I'm going last.
1: All right. I- I'm ready. I'm ready. This one has no title. We're just getting straight into it. All right. This is a recorded message from the Neo <laughs> Metro <laughs> <laughs> news station. Massive that's creatures... The can I can <laughs> I do like my thing? <laughs> like I have like a thing. <laughs> it's kind of like a this part isn't a collaboration. You know, it's go just me Cody. telling the story. Go, Cody. It's not you go. making sound Stop effects. making a big deal out of it. Just well, go. I, just go. okay. <sighs> a massive creature has hit the mainland. Currently, we do not know the extent of the damage, but we will be providing you up to the minute updates as the crisis unfolds. Sorry, I need to turn off the <laughs> formatting marks because they're driving me oh, crazy. These. For now, the authorities have asked that all citizens stay calm and remain indoors. Now we cut to Franklin with an update from the coast. Cut to static, then shaky video footage of a massive storm and waves slamming into the docks of Neo Metro. Thanks, Kathy. I'm out here at the docks of our city hoping to catch a glimpse of these supposed beasts that are causing the freak weather patterns. The camera pans over to the heart of the storm. There is a small shadow in in the center, barely visible, but it's clearly moving. After the camera looks at the small creature on the horizon for a time, it discernibly towards the ca- turns towards the camera and begins to move towards the city. The creature grows in size as um, from barely visible on the horizon to the size of a s- skyscraper as it hurtles across the ocean. Before it arrives, the camera shakes and roars as the tempest swells and destroys the docks. Cut to static again, then back to the news anchor, who seems to be surprised to be on live television? Um, we seem to have lost our feed from the coast. As I said before, the last word from the authorities is to stay calm. The feed suddenly ends. This is the last uh, news message ever to be released from the New Metro News Station. Okay, so, so um, you what? clearly watched the Godzilla trailer. I I didn't. Um. I I didn't watch the trailer. I just I just saw the Godzilla. Wait. No, do you mean the one on Netflix, or do you mean the one on... The King of Monsters, the one that's coming out next year. Oh, yeah, that trailer I did watch.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's good. But anyways, you clearly were inspired by Godzilla.
1: Well, yeah, so there yeah. is an anime on Netflix no, of I'm Godzilla, of but I haven't watched it yet. I just keep seeing, like, Godzilla and then an anime, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I want to watch that. So then I just decided uh, to make on, my world based on The Godzilla
2: movie that's coming out it, It's, it's not, Pokemon it, at the same time?
0: It's not Pokemon. It's it,
2: Pokemon, Okay.
1: No, wait! We, hang we on.
0: We need to move on. Goody. Hang we on! No, on. you're
1: kidding about that, right? No, 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 Mind no, no! Wait, wait, wait! We have to talk it. about something real quick. Is the new Godzilla movie actually just Pokemon with Godzilla monsters? I mean, you do have
0: to catch them all, is what they're kind of going for. That
1: guys, I I literally oh, just no. wrote the new Godzilla movie. <laughs> that's that's my world Fun done. Fact. I didn't Fun mean facts. to.
2: <laughs> Anyways, fact, uh, there's a lot of Pokemon what? that are based off of the Godzilla monsters. Well, there's <laughs> going to
1: be a lot more in my world. Anyways, so let me continue with my story here. So the world, um, and I'll say kind of as it stands now, but also as it's standing in the past. This is all backstory. Um, geographically speaking, this is a approximation of earth so it's not exactly earth so neo metro is some conglomerate of like you know like san francisco and big hero six yeah 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 yeah. It, it's kind of that vague metropolitan city that is in an anime where it's like is this new york or is this san francisco or is this tokyo because it kind of feels like all of them so it's that um and so from that perspective The world suddenly gets hit by a meteor, which causes like huge amounts of seismic activity um, Mm -hmm. and also blankets the world in fog. So the world itself is mostly covered in fog and there has started to be a lot of seismic disruptions. Um, And then kind of corresponding to those seismic disruptions, there's also like and I don't want to get into this too much because this is kind of the fauna part Uh of my story. But there are these giant monsters that like just by moving around in the oceans create tsunamis and giant like oceanic storms. Um, So the world itself is basically Earth-like, but is now a lot more seismically unsound. And there are like migratory storms around all the time. And when there are not these storms, the world is mostly foggy. Okay. Um. Which there will be a reason for later on, but other than that, the geography of the world is very similar. Okay. So that's my that's my. Once again, we're doing an Earth
0: Light type world.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's basically you know pulp Earth. Okay. Kind of like you know how like uh I was also thinking of um, (sighs) what's it called uh like Big O where it's like what city is he in? Does it ever say like eh?
0: Yeah, but nope. Not gonna spoil Big O. Shutting up. Anyways, Mel, your well. Do you have any questions or concerns for Cody?
1: Nope. Okay. Your turn. Cool. All
2: right. So this is geography for this first section. Okay. All right. Mine is going to be super simple. It is. We'll we'll say it's a nondescript city. Uh, with lots of parks and everything, I'm kind of thinking of like a fluffier New York City. Okay,
1: <laughs> like as in there's a lot of like big inflatable like wacky arm tube men and no, like house no, houses no, no, and no. stuff.
2: Fluffy. <laughs> so think of like it's it's a kids anime, and I also want to preface oh, okay. all of this by saying that in reality, although I really 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 enjoy anime, I have not seen very much of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully that means i actually have an original idea um but everything is just big it's almost plasticky looking because everything is just so big and fluffy like like the trees have giant leaves on them you know they're the leaves that you can actually like use as an umbrella if you need to um the so, totoro <laughs> yeah the totoro.
1: <laughs> yeah i i caught that one it made but... me giggle <laughs>
2: but but for me it's more like that's how it always is in the city and in my mind's eye it's not like Totoro it's it's like lighter happier colors everywhere like there's no dark forest okay there's like barely any shadow and the shadow you get is you know just like kind of a light color but you also don't get burnt by the sun everything's just happy there so I think that's about all I've got for geography
0: okay I like it Okay, and here is my log explanation for my world. So we're going to start with opening narration. Imagine, if you will, a world that is completely controlled by dragons. Now imagine a few more worlds. One where there is no land, only water. Another where magic exists and flows freely. And another where there is no magic, only science. There are thousands of combinations of worlds, but yet all these worlds are connected by two things. One is that for now, all these worlds exist in perfect balance. The other connection is that that they are physically connected through the Life Tree. In the space between all worlds exists a tree which connects these worlds to its branches. These worlds hang on the Life Tree's branches like leaves. They cannot see the physical connection of the tree, but this Life Tree holds everything together in the space between the worlds, which is referred to as the outside world. The outside world is the only place where the tree is tangible. Its leaves shine bright like stars, illuminating the sky. The outside of all worlds is a vast expanse in which the life tree sits above an energy called the Aether. The Aether exists as a vast blue ocean that provides nourishment for the tree. This Aether shines bright blue which provides light from below. The sky is reflected, is a reflected blue color and is filled with clouds made of of gaseous Aether. Due to the nature of the Aether, the world has no night sky and no periods of darkness. Do you mean to say Aether? Yeah, I went with Aether this time. Because there's two pronunciations. Aether is one of them. Nice. Yeah. I even spelled it that way. Ooh,
1: look at you. Are you from like old English times? Anyways, the
0: life tree's roots connect with the aether, creating... Oh, sorry.
1: A... I thought you were done. No, I have a lot more. I told
0: you it's, it's a really <laughs> long <road. laughs> See, can, can I go? <laughs> the life yeah. tree's roots connect with the aether, creating a bottomless pit below it. Around the life tree, the aether forms a waterfall. The tree used to be supported by a landmass, but after an event, most of the landmass was destroyed. Now under the tree exists the last little bit of land left over from the original mass. It is inhabited by the beings who can live in the outside world. The landmass is shaped like a cone, white on the top and much smaller at the bottom. It hangs over the bottomless pit, supported only by the life tree's roots. The roots come down and attach to the land, but allow enough space between the top of the landmass and the bottom of the tree for beings to live on the top of this small island. At the largest, this landmass is about the size of Maine. The beings of this world have hollowed out the inside of the landmass. They use materials from other worlds to create an environment where they don't have to live in endless daytime. There are farm lands on the top that help sustain the beings who live on both the inside and outside. Around the edge of this landmass, there are stairs and viewing sections so inhabitants can travel up and down the land. Being below the tree and looking up, you would see in the spaces between the roots, the roots shine bright, but in between them is darkness. But this darkness is speckled with light, these being the pathways to the other worlds above. Inside the island is where civilization lives. There are small cities throughout and the white rooms, rooms where the roots of the tree connect to the land the inside is lit up using magic in order to create a time cycle, day and night. Lastly, the aether provides gravity for this world, which is much like that gravity on earth. And that is my geography.
1: Your geography was a lot more involved than mine. It's very it's very Thor, you know, it's it's very like Thor Asgard kind of thing.
0: Well, the thought of the life tree does come from Norse mythology with y- Yggdrasil, the world tree, so.
1: Yep. All right, you ready for some fauna? Or flora, for rather.
0: Flora, <sighs>
1: just, You just keep making these jokes at my expense. That wasn't really a joke. I was feeling. just doing a song. <laughs> uh, you know what's really great is when you're about to read like a big block of text and there's like 50 spelling errors in it, like they're <laughs> all highlighted in red, and you're like, "Well, this is going to be a little rough, guys. So strap I have in." Spelling
0: errors. But I realized I said the same thing multiple times. Like, I'm like, yeah, the sky is blue. And also the sky is blue. It's like, oh, it's Jordan.
1: All right. You guys ready for this? This is yeah. this is um, an academic journal paper entry of Bruce Baxter. I'm going to read the abstract from that paper. Okay. This research looks at the effects of the kaiju virus. The kaiju virus first appeared after the extraterrestrial object Alpha struck the planet, colloquially, colloquially known as the monster comet. However, it was not until extraterrestrial object beta and gamma also struck the surface that the kaiju virus really became noticeable. After these objects landed, the kaiju virus began to immediately infest and mutate all plant life on the planet. The virus-caused mutations that we have seen have made plant life more beneficial for the creatures that now infest our planet. Our research has also shown that the plant life is no longer beneficial for human life. This research also shows that the kaiju virus has been able to infiltrate the city domes and make our needed crops inedible. so when the way the kind of kaiju problem started in this world was by meteors landing and hitting the planet like I said before caused seismic activity also um, those meteors which um like I said colloquially known as monster comets hit the planet they were infested with a virus okay that started to mutate all life on the planet. So from the plant side, what this did was basically like make everything super massive. Okay. So, you know, like Godzillas are Godzilla sized. So now plants are Godzilla sized. Is that the so, like unit of measurement in this world? Is like everything is a Godzilla? Yeah. One, one Godzilla sized, you oh, know. One <laughs> yeah. So that building is about what two Godzilla's is- tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. (laughs) That building is like a half a Godzilla. Okay, the building is
0: half a Godzilla? Okay. And a person's about
1: like 0.01 Godzilla? Yeah, I mean, if that. Okay. Godzillas are pretty big. Okay. Like, this is big. Like, you gotta think, in the opening narration, what I said is that there was something barely visible on the horizon, and then it moved all the way across the ocean as, like, quickly. Like, you could see it suddenly grow to the size of a skyscraper as it ran across the ocean. That's pretty awesome. the motion of it moving across the ocean caused a tsunami. Like, they're huge, right? I
0: I have a picture to send Um, you later that reminds me of what you just
1: said. um, So, what happened to the plant life is basically all of that is now scaled up. It basically makes humans feel like they're the size of ants. Okay. Um, This is also why it now feels like the whole world is in mist is that we're just so low down to the surface of the planet relative to like all of the plant life that there's basically now just a constant fog around everything. Okay. Um, It also says that the plant life is no longer edible. So, you know, we used to have trees and stuff that would produce fruit that we could eat. And that's no longer the case. Now all of that has been mutated to provide food for the kaiju monsters that are running around, right? Um, okay. This is very a Kong, real,
0: Sk- uh, Kong Skull Island esque.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And also, real quick, just because I'm using the term kaiju, that's like the like traditional name for. I mean, it's what they were called, in, like Pacific Rim. But that's also kind of like it's the was traditional the genre name of or, like, like
0: the Godzillas, like King Ghidorah, is a kaiju. It's,
1: like the Japanese monster movies, yeah, they were called kaiju, mon- like that. So, anyways, that's what I'm talking about. It's just called the kaiju virus. Okay. Um, so, anyways, and then the other part of this is um, humanity has kind of managed to isolate itself, and we'll get into that more later. But humanity has isolated itself in like protective domes. Um, <laughs> but the kaiju virus can still infiltrate into these domes, so it's not like completely shut off. So. A challenge of society even now is figuring out how to eradicate it from plant life okay. and being very careful about not letting um, their current plants get infested because if they do, they'll grow to massive sizes, like big enough to shatter their cities and like wreck their civilizations. So it's it's an important thing. Anyways, so that's my that's my plant life.
2: Okay. So I kind I'm of I'm watching just, the wheels turn right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think, so I've kind of already just sort of described the plant life. Um, but I will also make note that there is one special flower okay. on this planet, in this country, in this nation, whatever yeah. you want to call it. In this it,
1: anime. In this
2: world. <laughs> um, it's It's kind of like a giant pink lily. Okay. But it doesn't smell as bad. It has a pleasant fragrance to it that doesn't make your nose want to bleed Um, at the edges of all the petals it's a dark pink that fades to light and peak and it has uh, dark red and magenta splotches inside of it and it actually is it has the power to Jordan's gonna hate this to make all of the animals in this world talk there are no humans Uh. Is only a, a world that has talking animals.
0: Um, Remember, like literally the other day, what I said I don't like talking animals, and then you decided to make a world with talking animals. Oh,
2: but what you don't understand? Wait, is that we what's wrong really with talking animals? We talked about it.
0: I don't like talking animals. Other than like Chronicles and Narnia, I don't like talking animals. Anyways, continue. <laughs>
1: Wait, hang on. Pause. We need dude, to examine this, Jordan. What's your problem with talking it animals? They just
0: me. We talked about this on Dolphin episode. They just annoy me. <laughs>
1: I thought you just didn't like yeah, dolphins. Yeah, but I don't like any animal.
0: Like, Do let's just move on.
2: But again, children's anime. Yeah, so really, it's perfect for it. Um, and so it gives them this power. There aren't a whole lot of animals. There are animals that you know are human-like. And you know they talk and everything, and they also have pets, but their pets are more along the lines of, you know, like insects and stuff. Um,
0: You're gonna have to talk about the animal life next. Just so oh, you don't
2: like. Okay, we'll <laughs> go any more than that. So okay. here
0: we are. Just making sure you like have. Some <laughs> there's better. a really
2: cool flower. It's coveted by everyone. It's it's.
0: So outside of this flower, does other plant life exist? Like, do you still get? <laughs> okay, so it's like the normal plant life, but there's also the. Most important is that pink yes. bully? Okay, yep. and I was gonna ask you a question, Cody. And I forgot, but um, so actually, no, this is more fauna questions, so never mind.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: Um,
1: I, th- I think I know what you're gonna ask, and yeah, it's it's fauna questions. Okay,
0: cool. So, my next part of my world it starts with narration from Cameron, he's a sparrow elite class three. My world ended. I saw it with my own eyes. It happened slowly at first, but then everything began to fall apart. The environment was destroyed to create factories and weapons of war. The political climate around the world degraded as well, until finally the superpowers threatened world war. My people said they were making a preemptive strike, but they started something they could not finish. I was there when the sky turned red and the bombs dropped, engulfing everything in a bright white light. And then darkness. I floated there in oblivion, staring off into nothingness. But through the darkness, I saw streaks of bright lights like shooting stars, illuminating uh, the thick black backdrop. I floated there for what felt like years, but at the same time felt like mere seconds. Finally, I felt a tug as a hand pulled me out of the darkness and into the outside world. So the explanation. The flora of this world starts with the life tree. The life tree is a colossal tree that floats above the aether. I'm sticking with my pronunciation. Now, since its, support- <laughs> uh, sorry. Now, since it's supporting landmass has been destroyed, the roots sink far beneath the aether holding it up. No one truly knows how far the roots go, as no one has been deep within the aether. The tree itself is shining silver-white color, and the leaves are a bright green. These leaves shine bright, seeming to glow from far away. The leaves are the physical representation of the vast number of worlds there are. The worlds currently are in balance, but when they fall out of balance, either by war, destruction, famine, or disease, the world dies out. This is shown by a leaf changing colors like leaves would do in the fall, then turning black and falling from the tree. The leaves fall into the ocean and are united with the aether. The aether under the tree branches has become darker due to this. Recently, more leaves have been dying on the tree. The tree is basically hollow. On the inside exists a black void. Through this void, Passive light from below the tree can be used to travel to other worlds. These are the bright streaking lights seen in the story. On the top of the island beneath the life tree is the ag- agricultural area. I actually practice saying that word. <laughs> <laughs> These are vast crops used to sustain life on the island. The plant life comes from other worlds. These, uh, there are vegetables such as corn that are grown, but also fruit-bearing trees are grown and harvested. Due to the light and energy given off by the aether, these plants grow fast, providing food for those who live in the outside world. Some of these plants have become extinct due to the world they originally came from's death. But they live on in the outside world. And that's what I got. So, giant tree. You can travel to other worlds through it. Inside it exists just a thick darkness, a void, nothingness. And, um, yeah, it holds up the island and they have kind of large farmlands so think of all of iowa on top of this island but not that much corn. yep <laughs> any questions comments concerns grudges
1: i don't that one was a lot shorter than the other one
0: <laughs>
1: it's old. my society
0: history like, is very long
2: <laughs> okay so to
1: i was i was like settling in i was all comfortable and then uh you were done, and I was like, oh, shoot, I gotta like switch back to my stuff and be ready to go.
2: (laughs) To make sure that my own thoughts aren't distracting me, everything you're describing is the outside world, not necessarily all the individual inside Yeah, everything
0: is in the outside world. So the tree is only seen in the outside world. The island on the bottom is the outside world. That is all on the outside. Nothing I've said has anything to do with the inside.
2: So if a leaf dies, someone gets pulled into the outside world, then?
0: So, So I kind of explained that later, but when the a world dies, a leaf dies, and falls into the aether. And depending on that person, they could somehow get pulled into the um, nothingness of the tree. So it, it's all, it's explained later. Okay, and I think I, I might mean, have
2: questions for later.
0: Okay. Cody, your turn. All
1: right, this is an account from a refugee at the Southern Checkpoint during an entrance interview. Look, I'm immune. I've been out in that fog for a year trying to get here, and I have shown no symptoms. I know what symptoms look like. I've seen what it does. Have you? Look, sir, I I don't care. That's not why we're interviewing you. If there was the slightest doubt of your immunity, I can assure you we would have executed you and burnt you in a mass grave. Just tell me what you saw. What I saw on my way here, I saw fog. I saw rain. I saw starving children. I saw desperate people trying to make it to safety. I saw, sir, I am referring to what happened three months ago when over half of your refugee caravan was killed in the wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Just not a fun thing to relive. We saw a deer. Sir, could you please? We are. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm trying to tell you. We saw a deer. They've been dead for months now. We know, but we saw one. It looked like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Because it reminded you of the world before the... Ki- no, no. Because of the meat. <laughs> we were all starving. All the food around us was poison. And then we see this deer just made of meat. Old Beck shot the thing faster than thinking. The bullet hit true and the deer just froze. Just stood there. Not even moving. And then it sort of shuddered and eh, it started to melt it melted yeah shut up I'm trying to tell you its body went all loose then it sounded like bones cracking and fabric ripping as it began to grow you ever seen one of them videos of a plant growing really fast it it was like that the thing just grew and as it did its skin ripped and reformed Uh. its bones stretched and broke and rehealed What stood before us was at least 30 feet tall, and and it just began killing. Ah. Bloody bone claws just slashing. To level with you, that's all I saw. I I ran. I I dove in a bog and waited, breathing through a reed. Uh I waited till it was silent, and then I kept waiting. When I got out of the water, all that was left was blood. What few survivors were left had nothing other to do than to just start walking again. So there... The same effect that happened to... This is but,
0: very Attack on Titan meets Godzilla meets Annihilation.
1: Yeah, there's... Yeah, and then we're going to get to the Pokemon oh part <laughs> Um, Keep going. So, um, in my head, there's kind of two tiers of these kaiju monsters, right? The first tier is when they first landed, right? There were the storm-causing, like, Titanic, like, the size of island monsters that were basically the comets that landed, were actually massive, massive world-ending beasts, right? So, like,
0: the monsters in Pacific Rim, almost.
1: Yeah, like, if not bigger. I mean, like, mind-bogglingly massive, right? These things that, like I said, just by moving would create storms. Um, And then the second kind is... Um, the world was infected by a virus that affected all... It wasn't just plant life, it was also animals. So these animals started to morph to fit the the plant life around them. So, like, there was kind of, like, three options. Like, one, he mentioned some things are immune. So, like, he himself was immune because he had been in contact with the virus but had not shown any symptoms. The other option is... When interacting with this virus, like plant life and animals just died. They just wouldn't be able to handle it. Or the third option is they would mutate. Um, So this is an example of him running into the third option where when provoked, this thing immediately like ripped itself apart and turned into like it's kind of monster form, which are these massive and vicious creatures that bear some resemblance to what they were to begin with. But are now big enough that they kind of fit in the like plant life of the world around it. They evolved. Um they're Keep going, Cody. No, keep going. What going. was that, Mel? <laughs>
2: I'll
1: say it again later. <laughs> Sorry. So these monsters are like kind of considered to be a lower tier. Like they're a lot less dangerous. You can fight them, but they're okay, still no, really
2: Mel big and really deadly. Right.
0: Say your line now, Mel.
2: I said so you could say they evolved. Like, a, like an evolution, like you went from Pikachu to Raichu.
1: Oh, come yeah. on! They're not yeah, Pokemon! No, like, legit, <laughs> you just described Pokemon. <laughs> Dude, it gets... Like, let me tell you, where this story is going is much more Pokemon than I'm what so it is crazy. right now. Because <laughs> this is all ancient history. Anyways, so... Animal life is now very dangerous. Like, running into an animal in the wild is something you want to avoid um, because they can... If if they're still alive, maybe they're an example of, like, an immune rabbit. But what's more likely is you're going to provoke the rabbit and it's going to turn into a giant That's monster kind funny, It's kind of funny, but also terrifying.
2: terrifying.
1: But it's not going to turn, like <laughs> turn into, like, a mountain-sized creature. It's going to turn into, like, a 30-foot-tall okay. creature. Like you know what hill. I mean? So, so slightly it's smaller. Like, yeah. anyways
0: making a mountain out of a mohill or out of a mole more like
2: (laughs) making a hill out of a mole
1: i'm sighing at you but okay go (laughs) ahead keep going i'm done i'm done
2: so since if they do mutate one can they be killed and two can you eat them or are they also not able no
0: they're still poisonous right
1: yeah and like i don't know if poisonous is like exact. it's not like they're designed to kill you because of eating them it's more like
0: eating rotting flesh
1: food for something huh so would
0: it be more like eating rotting flesh like it's bad for you but it's not designed to kill you
1: no it's it's not so much like it would probably kill you or be like incompatible with your body but it's more that like they're not poisonous like a snake is venomous okay. it's not like they've evolved to be deadly to humans it's that they are separate evolutionarily from humans and from a different planet. So it's just that their sustenance is not compatible with what humans need to survive.
0: So they can eat each other, right? Okay. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Like this is terraforming. Um, so these giant kaiju that are on the planet, they have made the planet to sustain their life. So they would regularly hunt the smaller kaiju okay. and eat stuff from the trees and all that because they're terraforming the planet and we're just an inconvenience. Okay.
2: So then final question for those that are who have developed an immunity to the disease. Can they eat anything? Have they found out that they can eat stuff or do they also die?
1: Um, They cannot eat stuff. Like if they eat stuff, it's bad for them. But there is more to immunity that has not come up yet. So that's not, that does have relevance later on, but it hasn't, it's, it's, it's not to do with food though. Cool, cool. All right.
2: So now since, oh, I guess my fauna are, their pets. All right. So I guess my fauna are just a bunch of insects. So like, like there's a chow chow out there that has a grasshopper on a leash. and just walking it around.
1: Okay, hang on. I used to like your world because it sounded cute. Now I hate it. Okay. No one wants a pet grasshopper. No one wants that. You know
2: what? Mel bugs are they gross. They do because they're adorable and it's a cute little grasshopper and they wear little hats and you can put those on Instagram. I'm
1: imagining grasshoppers cannot be cute. They're bugs. Bugs is gross. I am imagining
0: like the art style for this being closer to like the Hello Kitty. Is that what you're going for? Uh, Like the very cutesy chibi type style. Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely chibi. Um, (laughs) so so,
1: Aether and Chibi. (laughs) Is it Chibi? It's Chibi. It's Chibi.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've, it's Chibi. I've seen enough Sailor Moon to know that it's Chibi. It's Chibi.
0: Okay, guys, it's Chibi. We can all go home. It's Chibi. Um, hey imagine- Jordan,
1: remember that time I said Pharrell wrong and you, you called feral. me on it because I said Pharrell? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, this is kind of the well, same
0: thing for me. Pack. Aether is a way of saying that word. It is a way. Cheapy is not. You can make fun of me on that, but Aether (laughs) is a legitimate way of saying that word.
2: Okay, but to make you feel a little bit better, you know the grasshopper from Mulan? (gasps)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) I hate Mulan and I hate that grasshopper. Get
0: out of
1: here. Get out of here. Do you want to know why I hate Mulan, Mel? Do you want to know why? Because this is going to be a little bit personal. It's because they
2: didn't make a man out of you?
1: it's (laughs) It's because of the song Let's Get Down to Business that freaking everyone sings and it's not a good song. It's a song. great song. All right, it's not. I know it's People need to, to get, get it over it. Time, it's a it's not song. a good song.
2: You don't like an entire movie because of because one song. Because of the Cornerstone song? song? It
0: is the, like, yes. the Cornerstone, Cornerstone, whatever. I don't
1: know. I said Cornerstone song and I think I meant it. The problem is it's a crappy movie with it's a terrible song. with a great song. See,
2: I can stand by if you want to say Mulan 2 is crappy because I can... Could not get past the first 20 minutes. Same here. But
1: every Disney movie with a two after it is terrible. Agreed. But Mulan itself is specifically bad. Okay, anyway, we need we need
0: to move on from this. I can't
2: this be guys. friends with him anymore. I'm no, only
1: we getting no, we don't. No, we don't. These are fighting words. Mulan-themed,
2: Mulan-themed guys, items. Guys, we
0: need to move on because I still right. have a lot more world. So we need to move okay, on. Okay, sorry. I'm
2: changing my
1: address <laughs> so Mel can't I'll send me you.
2: things.
1: Um. So... I'll find you.
2: So my... Every, everything is just, like, cute, chibi, and, you know, like, there's, you know, they even have, like, little mini versions of songbirds. Um, they're not, that don't talk, even though they're not exact, they're not insects, because the insects weren't affected. It was mostly animals, but it was mostly mammals that were affected. Everything else is still pretty much okay. What um, about the snakes? They are adorable, and they all wear top hats. <gasps> okay. I'm
0: That's happy. I like this world. Well. What? <laughs> you can't just say something and just like take this it world. back Some wear baseball
2: sentence. caps, Jordan G's. Fine.
0: I'll take the baseball And caps.
2: there's a couple that wear fedoras.
0: Oh, but they're the jerks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyways.
1: Oh, gosh. Do they say "milady"? Hello, milady. He's like, oh, no. Just go and
2: that Just voice. slither on away. Every single one of them who has a fedora has that voice. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> just Ooh. makes your skin crawl as they crawl across the ground.
0: <laughs> I'll just slither on in. Anyways, we're done.
1: I feel like if snakes were going to wear a hat,
0: though, they would wear I fedoras. I feel like top hat. But anyways, let's move on.
2: It all depends on the type of snake it is. Um, Rattlers wear beanies. Uh, so
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's like the coolest image I've ever thought of. But anyways, keep going.
2: Uh, so, you know, you can either, you know, there's wild animals, there's pets, there's a little bit of everything. And the main thing is that the main life forms are... are Usually mammals, excluding sea animals, because there's not enough room for anything more than a lake in this world, because too complicated. Uh, So, (laughs) (laughs) but they're all super adorable. None of them poop. You can just take them on walks and no one ever has to think about what they do any other time.
0: Okay. (laughs) Very kids anime. (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) All right. That's me.
1: I have no questions, questions,
2: comments, concerns, grudges. I have
1: no questions.
2: <laughs> okay, Cody has a grudge against the.
1: I hate yep. grasshoppers that and snakes. That's my only comment and concern. Also, Mulan's okay. trash. Anyways, trash. Jordan, what so were you I'm
0: going to do the fauna of my <laughs> section before a fight between you two <laughs> breaks out. So, this is, I think, yet another shorter section. I'm going to try and accent. It's going to fail in seconds, but I'm going to keep commit, going. Just this commit. is the story of Lorelei.
1: I'm so excited. Lorelei
0: and Takashi. I'm not gonna try the accent. I just got nervous and scared. Okay. Do, do it! Accent. Jordan, you have Southern. to do the accent. I'm peer it. pressure. I yeah, can do it. I can't do Southern. I can't oh, do anything. Can't.
2: That was really no, good. I okay, do it. could do it. Fight. You have to do Southern. What
0: could I use the Life Tree's power to travel to other worlds? I am not good at sneaking, nor am I all that good on my feet. But the one thing I could do, is help, uh, could do to help is raise the animals. Don't I love you. Keep doing wait the for animals. See, but then I go into my voice from last week, which was the alien that ate people, and I don't want to just make think, this lady an alien anymore. Just ate think of,
2: of, like, my old lady voice.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> back on my home world, I was a farmer. So, the, okay. Back on my home world, <laughs> I was a farmer. So, this kind of work comes
0: easily. We are all refugees, left over from our original worlds. Yeah, it's true that there are some. Life uh, that there was some life on this island before some of us were taken from the countless worlds to contribute with the fight but most of the population is of refugees that includes the animals <laughs> i'm losing it really bad
1: <laughs> no southern accent until you got to the word animals i am
0: <laughs> i help raise the animals and take care of those we use as livestock it's sad to see some of them go, but we do use the animals as food. We have created a rather large farm up here on top of Camden Island, where the animals can graze and grow. Here, they are truly free. Well, that is until we eat some of them. <laughs> My team and I have all sorts of animals up here. Cows, chickens, pigs, goats, deer, buffalo, etc. Some are more exotic than that, with them being from different worlds. i not doing the accent again. <laughs> we don't eat them or use them in any ways. We just let them live and grow, as they may as well be the last of their kind. Some of the animals I raise are used as pets for those down inside Kanban. It helps raise morale of those like me who can't fight. Takashi, on the other hand, has a job that is far different than mine. He raises animals in order to aid with all the fighting. Usually they are birds to travel through the life tree and deliver messages, canines for scouting, or other animals who can report on the current state of the at-risk worlds. It's kind of amazing to see the guy work. He can train an animal to do anything, but then again, that is the power given to him by the life tree. Tak has a a team with him, but none are as skilled as he is. We mainly live up here on top of the island, but I like to venture down into the island when my team needs to deliver food. It helps those who are a part of the fight to know that we are working our hardest to make life just a tad bit easier for them. So, um, the farmlands, they raise livestock and other animal up there, like some of the more rare animals on worlds that have already been destroyed are kind of kept in sanctuaries. You know, like they're not eaten, they're taken care of, but for most part, they mainly have a farm for feeding the people that live inside of the island, which I have now named Camden Island um the other use of the animal is for pretty much agents to help the people who fight in this world which i will get to later but so we get birds to deliver messages like dogs will go out and scout because you know who's going to suspect a dog of being an agent no one
2: i thought you said of being an agent.
0: depends how (laughs) smart the dog is agent i said agent but anyways so lorelei is the farm director she does all of the you know management of the farm and then takashi raises the animals to fight and that's that part
1: all right, you guys ready to hear about my uh, my history of society? My social history? Yeah,
0: by the way, mine is super long. So anyways. M-
1: mine is very short, but there's a lot to okay. explain. Radio broadcast to Neo Metro Dome. Remember, citizens, you are survivors. But now you must survive the city. Bring your family to medical checkpoints for inoculation. The kaiju virus is still out there, sneaking around every corner, hiding in every cough and embrace. So remember, before you shake hands, do business, or even share a room with a person, check their inoculation tattoo. If they have no ink, they are a kaiju outbreak waiting to happen.
0: Sorry, we were acting
1: out your whole story. Why were you doing that? (laughs) Why Why not? It's really distracting. It's really distracting for me. Sorry, buddy. When you guys are constantly pantomiming (laughs) in the background, it hurts my feelings. Okay. Anyways. So So in
0: other words, you're saying we need to have Mandy on the show.
1: Anyways, so this is a radio broadcast to the Neo Metro Dome. So at this point in time, technology um, has kind of had to revert a little bit just out of necessity. Like there just isn't an infrastructure infrastructure to support modern technology. So things have gone back a little bit. Um, And so the Neo Metro Dome was that city new metro um, after it got placed underneath a protective dome. That protective dome is like a massively thick kind of clear, I don't want to say glass because it's probably not glass, but some kind of, you know, transparent aluminum bubble that they placed over the city to try to protect from the uh, storms and from all manner of kaijus that are running around. So um, generally what the city sees outside of its walls, like inside the city is actually pretty okay. You know, it's like clean air to breathe. There's, you know, decent agriculture out of necessity just to uh, feed its population, you know. Um, but outside, there's always dense, swirling fog most of the time. Because like I said, the comparatively now, we're very low on Earth. Yeah. And so there's just constantly kind of mist. Uh, the scary times are when a storm rolls in. And when a storm rolls in, that's kind of the precursor to them knowing that one of the, like, really massive alien kaiju are getting close. So, you know, it'll be, like, for a week, there'll be horrible storms and people kind of have to, like, hunker down and wait it out. As you'll slowly see, like, the shadow of this, like, mountain-sized monster lumbering closer and closer to the city. Um The thing that these cities have as an advantage is that they are so small that um, the kaiju don't think they need to... They don't recognize them. They're basically like an ant colony to them. So sometimes dome cities will be destroyed, but it's pretty infrequently because it's just literally randomly if a kaiju accidentally steps on one. But it's usually not like an intentional assault at this point in time. Um, So... These cities are um, very, like, dense and utilitarian. So, like, everyone has to work. The city has to be efficient and run well because they're kind of like little bubbles of habitable land. Um, And a big thing for the inside of the city is inoculations. And this is because, for one thing, it's tightly packed people. So making sure people don't get sick is important because disease can spread very quickly. But also specifically because they figured out a way to make everyone immune to the kaiju virus. But um, everyone that's alive now, obviously, has been immune at some point. But as people are born, that is not necessarily the case. Like, not everyone that's born is automatically immune. Mm -hmm. So it's super important to inoculate people to make sure they can't spread the virus. And also, even if you are immune you could still spread the virus to like plant life which is also super important that you don't do okay um however the reason why there was a radio broadcast about this is that um as populations have become more dense and living conditions are kind of contentious because of how small it is there's also a lot of paranoia about the inoculations because it's literally just like government mandated everyone has to get a shot okay. right yeah which is like yeah that's good But people are starting to think, like, oh, they're experimenting on us, you know, because they're, like, just, like, trapped like a rat in a cage. And so, like, paranoia around these things has run rampant. So um, people that don't get it are, like, ostracized. And there's, like, a lot of uh, it's, um, like, at this point in history when, like, the bubble cities are first starting and trying to figure out how to get stable, like, the government is very authoritarian and people are very suspicious Okay. because they're just everyone's just trying to maintain control of like a very difficult situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and again, like this is pretty far in the past. So when we get to society modern, that's no longer oh, the case. Okay, okay. But the history of these cities was like a lot of rioting and people being like angry and like people finding out that parts of their family are not immune and weren't allowed into the cities. So, like, getting these things started was very so it difficult. Was it's kind of like chaotic. a... It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, like, a part of history that people don't look like... don't like to look back okay. on because it was very, uh, like, authoritarian and scary because there was, like, this kind of supernatural presence that was yeah, a constant yeah. threat. Okay. Anyways, so you got any questions about Bubble Cities and society in oh, past? No, it
0: was pretty straightforward. mm mm-hmm. I- I actually really like the setup for it. I'm excited to see how you get into Pokemon from this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you'll you'll yeah, see. It's going to be great.
0: You'll see. So, yeah. But um, let me think if I have anything really quick. Just I, Yeah, I think everything that I have is going to be explained in society current. We're good. You good? Yeah. Okay. Society history.
2: Okay. Society history. Um, so, I guess we'll kind of go into the two main species. Okay. That are roaming about, which of course are dogs and cats. <laughs> <laughs> no cows. No, there are, but the main species that run everything are the dogs and the cats. Okay. There's also oh, goats gotcha. and pigs and um, camels and giraffes. And demons,
0: because this is the an anime. So no one has demon powers.
2: No.
1: Does anyone eat the pigs? No. No. Oh.
2: They're all vegetarians, or so, they eat insects.
1: Oh, because screw the or, insects, right? <laughs> or
2: they eat the insects. They eat they eat the animals that are not turned. Okay. So, oh, So basically, okay, gotcha. they don't eat other mammals, is what it boils down to. Okay. So those fish. that are still naturally meat eaters, like, like you know, canines are supposed to eat meat. Cats are supposed to eat meat. You know, they'll go to fish. They'll go to birds. They'll go to anything else. Okay. Would it would have made you happy if I said that they have little frogs on leashes and little lizards on leashes instead? L-
1: look, I'm kind of one of those people that's weirded out by a lot of animals. Yes, so. we know, okay. we, we know. You hate... It's tough for me. It's I tough for me. Give, right? I, don't, I don't get this fascination with not mammals. Give, give me a
2: non-mammal that you enjoy.
1: Oh, gosh, it's really hard. There's not a lot, if I'm but being honest. Why? I I don't like many bugs.
2: They're okay, you know. More acceptable than a grasshopper. I've
1: never... I've never been a person that like humanizes or has affection for not mammals. You know what I mean? Like lizards and stuff, I'm like, they might as well be aliens. Oh, like, they just don't really All matter. Right, well, you know? I thought I'd
2: try to please you a little bit, but oh well.
1: Okay. Turtles. That's the one. Okay, turtles. I like turtles.
2: The turtle with little sunglasses.
1: That's actually pretty cute because they'd be really slow, so it'd take forever. <laughs>
2: um.
1: Especially if it was like a business cat that was like always in a rush, like a high functioning <laughs> business cat that has to walk her slow, slow turtle around the park. <laughs> I love it. Now I'm imagining a world. Now I'm all right. I'm getting there into we this. go. That's all we
2: need. Okay, so um, there the dogs and the cats kind of run everything. Just imagine it's like normal, fun businesses. Uh, we're gonna slowly center in on um. A contest that is held annually in celebration of all the gift, all the gifts that the flower has brought to society. So um, everyone from the area of schools, it's basically like a giant talent show happens uh, to honor the flower, and then whoever wins gets to keep one of the flowers that you know they harvest because usually they're not. Supposed to be kept indoors. They're not supposed to have anyone who's in charge of them, or no one's supposed to take them. No one's supposed to pick them. They're just supposed to be able to grow where they grow. It's kind of like trees in Florida. Like if you cut one down, you have to plant twelve more. So they have that. They do a contest every year. You know, big bands usually end up winning, and you know, alternates every year. The dogs and the cats are rivals with each other because they want to beat each other and. It's just a lot of fun. That's my society history.
1: I'm imagining like a lot of like jets and uh, what is it? The jets and the sharks. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, we go straight <laughs> West Side Story. Like do they have ones. snap fights? There
2: are dog gangs and cat gangs. Da, 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 da. <laughs> no, they're not. So basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to do like past, current, and then future. Okay. You so can. with my stuff. So. That's why. Yeah.
0: Okay, my next part is probably one of the longest of this, so hunker down. We're gonna have some fun. Oh, okay, so this is society history. Um, the first part of this comes from Yorin the Elder. We were born of oh my Wait, God. his name's Yorin. Yorin. You literally Yorin. got it. Does anyone make fun of him just, for that? Like, as I was starting, come on, Cody. <laughs> we have a lot to do, and we're already an hour over. Come on. We were boring and I was gonna do a voice, you just ruined that for me. Thanks, Ed.
1: No, do a no, voice, do you a, just do a voice.
0: I'll try.
1: No, no, I'm sorry I called him urine yeah, That you're was in.
0: Oh my god, anyways. We were bored of the light of the ocean on a barren landmass. Some will have called us gods, but we did not take that role of rulers, only creators. We used the immense power that the ocean granted us to create a civilization on the landmass, which we called the great land of Camden. Cambin with a B. Camden. Through our power to create was not satisfied. That is when we created the great tree Etshada, the tree of life. The tree grew to a colossal size and sprouted branches that reached even beyond what we could see. In its branches, we created worlds. Each of us created a vast number of worlds made in whatever image we saw fit, but we were still not satisfied. We then created life, and with this life, we created sentient beings who would live in our world and create and destroy like we did. Through the power of the tree, this life was sustained and began to grow exponentially throughout each world. Though it was not our original intentions, the worlds became influenced by some of the darkness that lived inside our souls. This spread greed, pride, anger, envy, and hatred into the worlds and because of this the worlds began to war internally and fall from the tree into the darkness below. We decided the only possible way to save all of the worlds was to mix our power with the aether and give it to the tree to keep the worlds in balance. We lost our true immortality, but stayed on the land of Camban to watch over the worlds. A balance between light and darkness spread across all the different worlds, but s- some worlds still began to fall if the scale was tipped to the side of evil. If hatred and darkness won, the world would fall, but if hatred, dark- uh, if hatred and darkness were wiped out by forces claiming to be those seeking utopia, the world would also fall. There needed to be a balance and equilibrium. We knew this could mean that the worlds would never truly be at peace but in order to keep them alive we made that sacrifice. We used the last of our power combined with the life tree's power. This was used for us to create beings who could visit each world and make sure they stayed balanced when they were at risk. These beings we created were twins and were filled with great power. We taught them the philosophy of balance and sent them on their way to stop the world from falling into darkness. So is, this is the first part. Are there any questions before I go on?
2: Basically, it's if you tip either side, it will fall into darkness no matter what.
0: Yeah, so there needs to be a balance. But the side of light is a lot like easier to handle than the side of darkness. So it's like it's. So in my little explanation I have actually up here, think of it, the balance being like on earth. So there is no true peace. Like each country is individual. We still have wars going on, but there's no true like goodness balance of light reach. Does that help at all?
2: A little. I think it was better before. So basically you're saying that you can't have peace without some strife. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I got it now. Yeah.
0: Okay. So this comes from Siler, the leader of the sparrows. From the moment I was created, I knew what I had to do. The elders were right. Every planet held together by the life tree must remain in balance, even if this means that the worlds will never be at peace. One side or another must never be destroyed. That is just how things go. When one side dominates the other, the worlds begin to fall. I've seen it again and again, but even the darkness has a purpose. We fall together, but my brother began to see things differently. He wanted to end all wars, end all class difference. He believed that to stop the pain that the worlds constantly felt, one side needs to win and dominate the other side. Balance only brings pain. Hector finally left my side to go and change the worlds in his own way. Along the way, I found others who had powers such as mine. They weren't nearly as strong, but they were strong nonetheless. They helped join the fight to keep the world at balance. We remained hidden amongst the people and helped influence that way. I sent some of my new apprentices off on their own to do missions in order to stop the darkness from spreading. They acted as assassins when corrupt leaders rose up, ambassadors for peace in times of dark, they helped in times of disease or famine, and they support the underdog in wars. We formed together and called ourselves the sparrows. We flew between the worlds with ease because of the life tree, and we helped keep the balance. At that point I had completely lost track of my brother. But those who had his same what's up?
1: <laughs> sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I thought that I thought that you were just about to seamlessly go and at that point I had completely lost track of where I was on this piece of paper. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: anyway. At that point I had completely lost tra- Yeah, you're good. At sorry. that point I had completely lost track of my brother, but those who had his same philosophy and power rose up. They clad themselves in ethereal armor and worked against us. Rather than keep the balance, they spread discontent in the world in order to force the balance one way or another. It is like they wanted the world to fall. These warriors called themselves the Order of Fang. Because of these people, I decided to hunt down my brother. I found him living in a small world. He had settled down with the wife and three children and ruled the land as a king, living in a castle above his subjects. Poverty and disease had spread to his subjects, and there were whispers of a revolution. The only reason this world had not fallen was because of his power. Those he, those he wanted to flourish did just that, while the rest of the world began to die out. I tried to reason with him, but he told me this was the way things had to be. The worlds must all fall in order for them to be united as one, and the true peace to be reached. I didn't want to hurt him, but I sided with his subjects and incited a revolution. Things went too far and his castle fell. The last thing I saw was the image of him standing over his dead family, weeping. We made eye contact and I could see the true hatred in his eyes. But things on the world soon got better. Society had changed and a new balance was reached. Sometimes I think, was it worth it? With the way things currently are, I would say definitely not. You never know what a person is capable of until they know what true pain feels like. Next part. This is from Hector, the leader of White Fang. You know, I think I might have gone a bit overboard. After years of drowning in my own misery, I summoned all of my power and went right down there to Camden. I wiped them out, all of the elders who told me how to think, how to feel. And when they were dead, I destroyed their land and collapsed their civilization. The innocent pleaded with me to let them live, so I left them there with nothing. I wish I had wiped them out, because... Now they have magical protective barriers that are strong enough to keep me out, but I will return to finish the job one day. When I left Kamen, I finally tracked down my dear brother. He had found himself a wife and had a daughter. His wife had gone all in with the protecting the equilibrium of the world. Their sparrows had grown strong and were taking the fight to White Fang, so I did what any good brother would have done. I killed his wife and hid his daughter on a faraway world where she would grow up without knowing who she was or what powers she held inside. Last I saw him, he promised to stop me, but we both know that it will never happen. Revenge sucks now, doesn't it? With this new mindset, I seem to have aligned myself with true monsters, like Formalv the vampire and Murdoch the Soul Eater. They are like me and want to completely end the worlds, but their powers don't even come close to matching mine. Murdoch has found an artifact, an ancient sword apparently created by the Elders. I wonder what else lies hidden. Maybe these are what we need to succeed our goal in ending the worlds. I have seen the truth. Ending the world is the only way to unite the worlds. You see, they never truly die, they just rejoin the Aether. There they float in the darkness like a sludge, waiting for me to unite them into one world. I will create a perfect world with no pain, no war, no hatred. In this world, I will rule with my family as things should be. We wage war on the Life Tree's worlds, using our power to tip the balance. Rather than just destroying, we have to get creative, because if the world is destroyed, it is gone. But if the scale is tipped, the world falls into the Aether. Me and my men constantly battle with my brother's saints of goodwill, but we will prevail. Nothing they throw at me will stop us from reaching our goal. So the second brother, Hector, who is in charge of the Order of White Fang, he's pretty much got the idea that if you destroy the worlds, they sink into the Aether where they will be united in some form as one. So he wants to basically use his power to create one world where he believes no pain will exist and he will rule all the worlds as a god pretty much. He'll have the power to create and destroy as will. He believes that nothing will go wrong if he is in control of this like mass of world. So he goes around causing discontent in whatever way possible, you know, inciting war, killing presidents, all that sort of thing. So white Fangs, they're the bad guys but they believe they are right. Any questions, comments, concerns?
2: I love that both of them. Nope. I, yeah, I, it's I like the, the most interesting thing to me is like the quest for a greater good. Yeah. They both think they're on the side of good, they both think they're right. And I, I, I love that twist with everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, one guy goes around making sure that everybody dies so they can all live. Mm-hmm. And the other guy tr- keeps things the way they are. So, you know, people will get hurt in the crossfire, but the worlds are at balance. No one falls into the aether. Okay, so yeah, two factions exist, the Sparrows and White Fang. Um, so Hector, the brother of destruction, wants to destroy and has aligned himself with other like-minded evils. With his power, he destroyed most of the great land of Cambin, creating the Howl Island that we see today. Silo went back to the island to cre- create society as it is now. So that is society history.
2: They're twins?
0: Yes, they're twins. Okay. Okay, Cody,
1: you're up. All right. So, this is my society current journal entry from Regis Reg from Remus Reginald, student at Neo Metro Academy. Well, I was late again, overslept, and when I woke up, of course, my uniform was in a wrinkled pile on the floor. So, with no time to shower or do my hair, well, anyway. I rush into class, Monster Martial Arts, late, looking like a mess. Monster <laughs> the
0: Martial professor Arts.
1: Professor looks up.
0: Monster Martial Arts. Also, I yeah. have every right to interrupt. He you, is
1: young, only a few. He is young, only a few years older than me, but his days of service are over. But in his heyday, man, he was a pugilist. He went round for round with several of the biggest kaiju ever. He could also stare down the biggest and toughest vessels. So there I am, looking like an idiot, and he goes, Master Reginald, usually the punishment for being late to my class is going a few rounds with me in the Kaiju stair Simulator. But I think we'll do something special today. Lady Pascal, please step into the simulator with Master Reginald. So that was great. Getting wrecked by the prettiest and scariest girl in the class. <laughs> In front of the whole class, so I'd like to say I put up a good fight, but it'd be a lie. And what's the point of lying in a journal? She wrecked me until I broke the stair. I woke up unconscious. That doesn't make any sense. I woke up from unconsciousness with her standing over me with that yeah, perfect smile. Yeah, I woke smile. up unconscious. It's Another so time dangerous. when I- a <laughs> shut up. Another time when I would like to say that I said something really cool, but, you know, I didn't. You'd think that given that I'm the highest example of human evolution, born with the ability to mind-control kaiju by making eye contact, I'd be able to, one, wake up on two... Wow, wake up on two.
0: One, wake up on
1: time. Two... Would not suck at fighting, and three, would not be scared to talk to girls, but unfortunately, I am all of those things. <laughs> okay, so this this is a journal entry from a student at Neo Metro Academy. Neo Metro Academy was a special school set up for young people that um, were genetically mutated to have some of the uh, kaiju virus like incorporated into their DNA, which gives them the ability to telepathically communicate with the monsters that are all over the world now. So this is pretty far in the future. And as it happens, the people that were paranoid about the inoculations were totally right. (sighs) They were, in fact, slowly trying to mutate people to kind of be monsters. (laughs) um,
0: I love that twist.
1: Because of the severity of the situation, um, a lot of scientific ethics just went out the window. So they were just straight doing experiments on humans and then keeping track of it. Um, this was necessary because they basically had to like trigger some evolution in people. Um, so for generations, scientists were like kind of forcing evolution to happen by like injecting people with like active amounts of the kaiju virus that were like specially tailored to give people, like, some mental ability to connect to these monsters, right? So what ends up happening is, like, a kind of class of people start to form that have this ability to communicate with the monsters. And the way this is done is kind of by, like, the... I don't know if you've ever seen this video. It's really terrifying. There's this guy who's, like, walking through, I don't know, like, some jungle somewhere, you know? And, uh, like... A silverback gorilla just comes hurtling nice. out of the jungle towards him, and he does nothing. He's, like, smoking, and he just turns and stares at it as it runs, like, right up to his face and then that gets scared and runs away. <laughs> he stared it down. Um,
0: it's like, nope, not today.
1: He just stared the thing down without blinking. Yeah, and I'm I like, would well, I I have tried to run and right there ripped in half. Yeah, right. He just like so that's what that's the way that these people are able to take over the minds of kaiju is they have to go out there and when one attacks they just have to stare it down and then that lets them kind of like um overpower the minds of these monsters and then they can kind of use them to fight. So this is where we get into yep. the Pokemon part of it because literally what they'll do like now trade and like support are available between the dome cities and so are communication. And this is done by having like Kaiju supported caravans. So, Hey, this bubble over here needs this resource that we have. Let's send out a caravan. They'll bring one of these kids with them. Whose minds are still very flexible. They'll find the biggest monster they can take it over and then walk it with the caravan. And if a monster shows up, they'll fight it. Right. So, the simulator that the they go into, they have to one, be able to do this thing where they stare down these big scary monsters, and that's like an exercise of like mental strength. And then also they have to be able to fight. So it's kind of like a combination of being able to fight and also having like the mental fortitude fortitude to be able to control this giant beast that's like body okay. is way too big to actually control. Uh the issue though is that this is an ability that's only prevalent in like people between the age of like 16 to 20 like basically once your brain stops developing so somewhere in your like early to mid 20s um you kind of lose this ability to really be able to like slip into the mind of a monster because your brain gets too like static so you know like the younger you are you're oh, kind of better yeah. at learning things and then the older you get it gets harder Um, so that's why like the professors are all pretty young because the people that have the most experience are like 26. They're not 50. You know what I mean? Um, so once you're done doing your service, which is very dangerous, um, you'll usually end up going back and teaching at the school like this guy does. So yeah. So now the world's kind of starting to be on an upturn because, um, humanity's kind of starting to expand and push back a little bit. But what's still kind of in the future and left to happen is no one has been able or really even been able to try to mind control one of the like storm bringing original kaiju that first landed with the meteors. So that's kind of looking forward. That is the big like lack and issue with humanity is no matter how far they push, they've never been even close to being able to actually stop one of the monsters that's living on the world now so that's kind of where the story would okay. be going from here that's cool
0: so like i guess i guess see any questions like you know them trying to control one of those storm or something like that
1: yeah obviously remus reginald would be the first one that's like and trapped out by itself it and it stares and down that's where it starts
0: off and like you know yeah, you know
1: it's yeah yeah obviously it's very
0: attack on titan without the overblown speeches. You know, I, I cool kind of realized once I,
1: once I started doing this I kind of realized it was pretty Attack on Titan and I was like, well, I guess it's good that it matches the source like it matches the, an like, mm-hmm. anime because that means it's yeah. in the right tone but it was not intentional when I started. And I also didn't realize that the new Godzilla movie was as Mel put it, you know, Godzilla, but Pokemon. I'm like, well, dang it. That's exactly what my world is. So I was imagining them kind of having Pokemon. Yeah, Godzilla fight, trailer you.
0: looks amazing. I'm so ready for that. It looks so good. I, I am
1: looking forward to it. <laughs> we can talk about really that
0: good. on a different show. But anyways, Mel, your turn.
2: Okay. So for my current status of the society, um, it is the 81st annual celebration of the flower that gives you the power you can call it the flower power festival if you so choose. Um, so gunning for first place are the is kitty pride, it's a okay, it's yeah, a cat we, group, we get it. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the power pup girls, oh my god, which is the second group, and the uh, they're, they're gunning as hard as they can last year. And just like every single year before, it alternates cats, for dogs, cats, dogs, when they always wins. Last year, the dogs won. So everyone's already gunning like, oh, okay, we all know that the cats are going to win this year. There's always that balance. We, it always goes exactly the same way, but everyone has a great time. But this year, they tie. And that's never, ever happened before. And The goats are going wild and the cows are mooing at everything because they're just so upset at everything that's just happened because they have to make a decision. So what they did instead is they took two flowers from the area where one's only usually the one that's taken out and, you know, give it to both groups because that's the best they can do. The next day where, you know, usually the the flowers stay protected and preserved, Both flowers that were gifted to these two groups have died. Oh, well. And it sends a panic through the world. And that's where I'll end that and we'll come back to it. Okay.
0: (laughs) That's a dark place to end it, but sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, <laughs> this is yet another long section, but as you see the scroll bar, we're almost done. Okay, so this is Society Current. The story comes from Selena, the Battle Angel. Sparrow Elite Class 3. After Hector came and destroyed Camben, they rebuilt it into what it is today. Sailor came back to the land to help lead the people who were in complete disarray. Together with the Life Tree, he created a protective barrier, making it impossible for White Fang to enter from outside. Here we have formed our resistance against White Fang in order to save the other worlds. The worlds have been falling quicker than ever before. The Life Tree is speckled with green and yellow leaves. Every world that is destroyed falls into the Aether, but we rescue those who survive and take them as refugees into our island of Camden. Some of these refugees have been imbued with the power of the tree. They are able to help us fight back against White Fang. When the elders used their power with the tree, their power spread out amongst all of the worlds, giving them some of the same power that Siler has. This power also lives in me. I was once a refugee of a fallen world, but when my powers surfaced, I became one of Siler's sparrows. I was not on camp, and when it was destroyed, I only wish I could have stopped Hector. Not only do we take in refugees, we recruit those from worlds that have not fallen yet. They know their world the best and are able to work faster than we can adapt. Those refugees who were not granted power, but the tree—sorry, oh power by the tree—were taken in and given other jobs. May that be looking after animals and the farmlands, or working and cleaning down below the surface. Everyone is given a job. Those who can use the power of the tree are trained to fight and eventually join the fight. We have a small army of those with average power who support those of extraordinary power. Those of extraordinary power are called the Sparrow Elites. Siler acts as both chief and commandant, sending those of us who can fight out on missions in order to stop White Fang and save each individual world when it is at risk. There are a few times where we have to deploy our army. Usually it is just one or two of us fighting against the elites of White Fang. After Hector's assault on Camben, The life tree showed its true will, equilibrium. It gave us the means of fighting back, granting those with extraordinary powers special masks made of the essence of the life tree. These masks are used to help channel our powers. The masks that are created match our personalities and become a piece of our being. This power is too strong with those of average or slight power and granted to only those who show extraordinary power such as mine. The power of the mask does two things. First, it makes us anonymous to beings in the Life Tree's worlds. We remain hidden, only showing ourselves when necessary so we do not disrupt the natural order of the worlds like those in White Fang. The mask allows us to blend in with either the environment or the people as to not call attention to ourselves. Those of us who are sent out on assassination missions take full advantage of this. The other power of the mask grants us a weapon that matches our fighting style and power level. Only the owner of that specific mask can use that weapon. As you grow strong with the power of the life tree and the mask you are granted a new mask based on your growth as a person most of the elite warriors have three masks the first two are granted by the life tree when the time is right and the third is only achieved after the life tree and siler grant you a mission that only you can complete this mission tests your very soul but when you come out on top you achieve great power siler has many masks and many powers there are a few sparrows who have who have more than three masks like Saint and Arden. They show immense power. My first weapon <laughs> my first weapon was a bow and arrow along with a small knife. My second was a broadsword, and my third is a spear made of the purest aether and angel wings that allow me to fly. The mask also grants me power to control wind and electricity. I use all of these weapons in battle. My partner, Cameron, is much different than I. Most of his powers are fire-based, but together we make a force to be reckoned with. Through the life tree, we were able to travel to all the different worlds. Where the roots of the tree connect with this land is where we are able to use the path to travel. We have created shrines around these roots that we call white rooms. With the power of the mass, we are able to access the tree's power, but also grant others to travel with us. Not everyone can do this. The power of the life tree is mysterious. It always puts us on a world exactly when we need to be on that world. Sometimes that could be in the middle of war or that could be a time when a peace treaty is going to dissolve or even a natural disaster that White Fang has orchestrated. Whatever that time may be, we always end up in a world with enough time to fight back against White Fang, though this works both ways. White Fang is hiding within the tree and can access its power the same way we can. They also end up in the world when they need to be there, so there are times when we have to play catch up. White Fang's power is not much different, but instead of the mask, they use the tree to create armor and powerful weapons. Each elite member of White Fang has special armor and powerful weapons only matching them. They are formidable foes. My partner and I have come across Formalve, the vampire, many times. He is powerful enough to hold both of us back, but they can be stopped. Over the years, White Fang has grown in power and many more follow them. Somehow, Hector has brought his three sons Alexander, Cain, and Iota back from the dead. They have immense power at their control. The battle is seemingly endless. Our goal is to rid the universe of White Fang and return the balance to the worlds. Their goal is to wipe us out and unify the worlds into one where they will rule as gods. He doesn't talk about it much, but Siler is still searching for his missing daughter. He believes that with her power and artifacts that the elders have left behind in each world, he can erase the pain that Hector has caused. Sarah believes that doing this will revert the fallen worlds back to their original state. Till then we fight. And that is my society current.
1: I, I like how much it feels like old mythology. Oh, you thanks. know what I mean? It it has that taste of like mythological gods battling it out for random reasons. Yeah. I, I like I like that. That's kind of the
0: like what I was going for, but also trying to put it in an anime span where you have, you know, they're constantly fighting. They have their special weapons, different power levels. Like as you grow as a character, you will get another mask, another weapon. And then you go on a mission that only you can complete. And then, you know, builds character. I just tried to make something that could easily be turned into, you know, a very long anime.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like that. Yeah. It definitely has I that. I like that they earn the different masks. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, they unlock their power within. It's yeah. really cool. So it's it's I so, mean, so anime. It's not
0: as cheesy, but it's kind of like Goku achieving Super Saiyan and all of that stuff. So it's like, as you, as you go stronger. Yeah, you can Yeah, for sure. Yell. But the mask, right, like, course. it forms to the different person. So it's not like everybody has the same looking mask. Like, one person could have a mask that looks like camouflage. Another one could have a mask that looks like a cat. I don't know.
2: <laughs> Speaking of cats. Oh, wait, not yeah. on mine yet. I get you. Yeah, so. <laughs>
0: So I just tried to create that originality with anime because, you know, like, a lot of the more fighting animes, they all have, their like, Bleach, that terrible anime Bleach, they all have a different weapon that has a different power. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, no, I I, I avoided Bleach because I started watching it and it was like, oh, this is just Dragon Ball Z with swords. Yeah, that's
0: exactly what it is. Okay. Oh, are you done with your world, Cody?
1: Yeah, I'm done because I, I, I didn't, like... My story was all those narrations sprinkled throughout. So I'm sorry if that's oh, no, cheating, that's but that's kind of usually how I oh, do cool. it. Oh, cool. Well,
2: then speaking of cats, I can go to mine, and I'll just finish up my little story. Um, okay. So it's the next day at school, and everyone's freaking out with the fact that these flowers have died. Everyone's... All the all the dogs and cats are telling their teachers, their friends, um, the community. They have interviews and everything about what's going on, and... You know, a couple days later and a couple weeks into this, nothing is resolved. They're actually noticing that, you know, what was once banned as just, like, kind of a... Kind of a just unwritten rule was you never pick the flowers because you don't know what happens. People are now getting scared that somehow they'll lose their power because these two flowers have died. So they start picking flowers, which is only wreaking havoc. And so... In as anime style as possible, uh, the the cats and the dogs that had tied, uh, Kitty Pride and um, and the I'm Power not, Pup Girls, I'm not helping you out. <laughs> on <that one. laughs> uh, they get together and they say, "Well, since we both tied, that means we're good together, and maybe that's exactly what we need to bring our flowers back to life through the power of love and friendship."
0: Oh God.
1: So, Adamus, this is the most Sailor Moon thing <laughs> I've ever that's a compliment I wonder, to her. <laughs> it is it's such a huge compliment
2: because I wonder what what anime I've been obsessed with since it came out.
1: I was gonna say, man, it feels like you went for a tone and you definitely Dude, nailed well, it. That's
2: good. Um, so they hold one more, basically festival redo, like Grand Battle Royale, but instead of what everyone thinks, in order to have a true winner the way it's always been and they think that's why the flowers died um they take their flowers onto stage and instead of battling out they come out together as an ultimate rock and roll pop band to totally take over and they are the star squad cute And they win, and and the crowd goes wild. Everyone's cheering them on. Everyone forgets about voting. And then they notice by the end of the song, the flowers have bloomed back to life in all of their glory.
0: (laughs) Very cute. (laughs) I like it. Ta-da! Okay. You got any questions, Cody? Because, I mean, I just enjoyed the story. It was fun.
1: No, no, I th- I think I said what I wanted to say. It w- it went it's, for a tone. It's and very it got cute. It, I honestly I mean? think that would
0: be a very like good kids movie, like you know, like a Ghibli type thing movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, um, I have stories once again continue with my oral histories type. We're starting with um, Delay the Crazed White Fing Elite number. I think I made them six. Let's make them six. <laughs>
2: Real quick, what do the different uh, numbers mean? Like, okay. the higher they are, the So, for
0: they are? the sparrows, the elites one, two, and three. So, the elites are the ones who can use the mask. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is just, like, a regular foot soldier. So, elite one is a person with one mask. Two is two masks. Three yeah. is three
2: masks. I'm assuming it's the same way, but with weapons instead.
0: No, but for... So, for the white thing, it goes based on, like, your strength and power levels. So, I don't know if I... Said this, but the White Fang officials, like, they wear like a thin armor. It's not like, so the stronger you are, the less armor you wear. So, like, delay the craze, let's say he wears like a paper thin white armor, almost like, you know, the samurai armor, how it's like that more, um, Is it yeah. Clay? yeah, but it's it's more of like, like that light flexible armor. But there's some, like, so the weaker you'll see a guy just like decked out in full knight's armor, and that's like chainmail. So, but with their numbers, so de- delay the leaks six he is the sixth strongest in the whole organization
2: okay so it's an actual ranking among yeah so it's
0: ranking in numbers while the sparrows don't do it the same way okay Okay. well pretty much once you reach elite three you're like at the top of the class okay so delay the crazed gotta pull out my anger he wants me to look after a little girl this is an insult. I am one of his most powerful and trustworthy subjects. And all he wants me to do is look after a little girl. Even after I slay one of the most powerful sparrows, the traitor from our order. Even after i seen the destruction of two worlds. All of that. And now he wants me to look after a little girl.
1: Wait, what does he want him to do?
2: <laughs> Come on, Gunny. It's like he was songs. <laughs>
0: Anyways... This next story comes from Lil- this next story comes from Lily, the Princess of the Blessed. I have lived here.
1: Is this person looking for
0: a little girl? I have lived here my whole life, I've done- stuck in this castle, not allowed to go outside and venture into the world. The gang has told me that I am a princess from a faraway land whose family was killed, so they took me in to oh, protect me from forces of harm. Yes, Cody. But they keep me locked up here like a prisoner <laughs> and have a guard who visits with me every day. I sense he is an evil man, Delay the White Knight. No one outside of the royal family seems to notice him. The servants walk past him like he is not even there. But he has an aura about him, an energy that pulls at my soul every time he is around. He has the eyes of a crazed murderer and a smile that can cut through metal. I feel like with Delay they are keeping me here, hiding me away from some secret, something special. I know I am special, I can feel it inside me. I have some power... Maybe it is the same as Delay. I've asked the king about this, but he told me to forget it. But on my own, I have been able to summon lights that I believe could be magic. I know there is something else out there, something outside of the castle that is my true destiny. I am not just a princess who sits in a tower. I am meant to be something. Tomorrow night is the signing of a peace, of the peace treaty of the five countries. Everyone will be distracted, and Delay has told me he will be back in his own country for the night. Maybe I can finally escape even if it's just for a little while. This next story is, in the end of this, is from Samuel, Sparrow Elite Class 1. My brother and I were on our first solo mission. We were supposed to oversee a peace treaty signing from the shadows while watching to make sure that White Fang does not intervene and incite war. During the festival is when I saw her, or better yet, she saw me. Even with my mask on, her eyes tracked as I tried to hide. There was something different about her, something special. Her energy and presence felt just like Siler's. At that moment, I knew one thing was certain. I had finally found Siler's missing daughter. And that's the end of my world. So yeah, I I, I set it up to be an anime. It's like with the finding of the daughter, she finds out her true potential, and then they go off on adventures to save the world. Yeah, so...
2: Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that you makes know, sense. I think we can all say that the common theme in anime is that you end up saving the world. Yeah. Because in my kitty thing, they saved the world by saving the flowers. You saved the world because the daughter was found. Yours is saving the world from and learning how to work with what you're given.
0: Yeah, And that's like a very popular th- theme throughout all animes is like some sort of thing to save a world. Mm-hmm. And you it's a in I mean, like the trope true. that I was trying to follow with the daughters like you know you always have an anime start with a person not really knowing how special they are and then suddenly they find out that they're actually super special they have some power inside them they were meant for something better than just being in the boring life and like I kind of took that from Fully Cooly a little bit with the holes like oh life is so boring I just want to be an adult I just want to be cool type thing and made that into what i wanted but yeah yeah so i followed a lot of tropes
1: see i kind of wanted to do like an agrarian slice of life anime. like silver that spoon? was my first thought and then i decided to do uh maybe yeah.
0: silver spoons done by the um, same um artists from full metal alchemist it's an agrarian slice of life it's about farming and stuff because she was a farmer but anyways
1: hang on we got to check something are really you looking important. up silver spoon it We're is. Just seeing if it's on Netflix. Well, it used to be on Netflix. It's not. It is. Yeah. It is. You but wa- it's on Netflix. You should watch so much ah! good. I watched like We're an episode. Watch this. Of it. It's
0: actually really good. So, anyway, this yeah, is our longest episode this. ever.
1: All right. Yeah, this is very long. I mean, and we didn't. We talked for 15 minutes at the beginning, and we've been recording yeah, for two I mean, hours.
0: I mean, it will probably be more like an hour. <laughs> and 45 we started like cutting, which this is getting cut. But yeah, no. So this is just going to be our special anime extravaganza. <laughs>
2: with a plus one
0: right yeah no It. i had a lot of fun i really like both of your worlds
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm happy with how mine turned out i i'm pretty uh, i was worried about I it i think imagine it just imagine okay. just like
0: godzilla's fighting each other just godzilla versus king Ghidorah. it's gonna be like the next godzilla movie and that's what i'm excited for like you know i <laughs> mentioned the trailer like three times yep. i'm so pumped for that movie
1: it does look really oh, good. Man. I'm pretty Anyways. pumped about it.
0: Um, any closing statements? Oh, wait, no. We need to roll the next world. <laughs> you need yeah. to roll the next world.
1: Oh, shoot. We do. And I get to roll. Oh, okay. my gosh. Jordan, I, I get to roll. It's oh. happening. I'm so excited. Well, hang on. I'm getting mine pulled up. I'm so excited. I okay, do have a closing up? comment, though, before I roll the world. I have had to pee <laughs> last uh, That's why I always pee before the show. I've wanted to listen to your world. But I desperately need to pee. So that's the theme of my next world. I rolled a 19. Utopia, specifically not dystopia.
2: (laughs) I was just saying dystopia to myself over and over. I wanted
0: the next teen dystopian drama, but I guess we (laughs) got... That's what
2: I wanted to. Yeah,
0: but next we got utopia. So it's going to be a utopia that's not like underlying dystopia. So we just have to make the purest world.
2: Oh my yeah, gosh, you just have I already to make a did it. World. Just insert my anime world, but nothing bad ever happens. <laughs>
0: the flowers don't die. It's just it's just the epilogue of your world where it's like everybody's happy and together.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're done with that episode. Roll another. I'm kidding. Check. Okay. Okay, well, we're gonna have to close it out because this uh. is a really long episode. I hope you guys enjoyed our anime extravaganza um eventually we will do a deconstruction episode on yep. anime because that needs to happen
1: it sure does <laughs> even though no one likes to listen to those i don't care why is one of the ideas for a world boy band what? world What's
2: that i think that was that might have been mandy yeah that was mandy yeah that,
1: <laughs> that was definitely
0: Mandy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man yeah. now uh, i
1: want to do that one if we ever have mandy we well, it's come going on, we'll have to be boy band world <laughs> okay anyways Perfect. it's
0: been a fun episode you can check cody out on the wandering gamer network and you can check me out on something i guess zero zero yeah. I elsewhere when i'm actually going to be streaming because these episodes come out late anyways it's been fun talk to y'all later Bye.
2: bye bye